welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. If you have a 3% increase in the number of people over 55 working, you have a $33 billion positive impact on the economy. Today, ANZ's Shane Elliott chats to the Honourable Dr K Patterson, Australia's Age Discrimination Minister, about work, identity and thinking outside the square. We hope you enjoy the discussion. So what does an Age Discrimination Commissioner do? Well, first of all, we promote positive attitudes towards older people to try and eliminate ageism. But it's also, you have your own choice about the things you focus on, and I'm focused on three main issues. And what are those three issues? We, had a, we were lucky enough, we had a lunch earlier and we talked about them, but what, what are the three big issues on your mind? It was a very nice lunch, thank it you very much. good lunch. Um, the first thing is about older workers and the need for people to be able to, if they're well enough, they want to continue to work. In fact, a research project in 1954 of, of Victorians found that they said, oh, we want to work if we're well enough to do it. We're willing to work. They used the very terms that Susan Ryan used for a report you know, a long time later. So it has benefits for the older person. They can continue to save for their retirement, which is now going to be longer than it was for yes. our grandparents. And also, it um, gives people the opportunity to, um, well, they pay taxes and they're not necessarily so dependent on the public purse. But it also means that in a national sense, if you have a 3% increase in the number of people over 55 working, you have a $33 billion positive impact on the economy, wow. which is very significant. And the other thing we know, don't we, that, you know, just that uh, self-worth and identity that comes from work and also just the fact of being with other people, right? The social aspect of work must be very important to people's mental well-being and just general health, surely. Well, there's all sorts of evidence that shows that people um, stay well longer, they stay more engaged in the community. And one of the things that we find with cognitive decline, I'm a psychologist by training, is that isolation and lack of stimulation is a, a factor in people losing some capacity. All right, so that's the one issue. What's number two? Number two is about elder abuse. And I know the banks have been working yep. on this area because they see it often, people yes, coming in and wanting to take money out of their mother's account or father's account. And that's really raised its profile in the last two or three years. We've had a Law Reform Commission report to which the banks made significant contribution in terms of ideas and things that could be done. And that report now is being implemented. And one of the implementations is a national plan. And the attorneys general across Australia are working cooperatively together to actually try and see if we can implement some of those, particularly things like, you know, powers of attorney being different in every state. Right. It's really difficult. I think many of the people watching this um, probably don't understand the, ex the scale of this problem. I mean, I didn't until I got into this job to hear, you know, elderly people being taken advantage of, of some, many times by family members, getting them to sign over money, powers of attorney, paying oh, bills. Come, sell your house and come and we'll build a granny yes. flat in our place and then the marriage breaks up and they haven't got a formal agreement. And then, you know, the kind of scams, you know, there's a, the, the kind of, you know, classical romance scam that we're, we're seeing a lot of at the moment where people get conned into believing they've got an online relationship and sending serious amounts of money. We're not turning of hundreds what of dollars. What staff say today? Well, we said that in the last 12 months, we've seen $35 million scammed from our customers uh, just on those kind these of scams. These are not businesses, these are individuals. These are individuals, and many of them, most of them are elderly people, not all, and we help get in one much year. of, that's in one year. $35 million. And we help get some of that money back, but you know, this is really hard, and it's very hard for our people in a branch to assess, well, 
how do I know whether you know a customer wants to send money somewhere? What do I do? So we've got a lot to do on the education. It's a really big issue for Australia, I think. I mean, well, it's today massive. I participated with a telephone conversation before I had lunch with you. Telephone hookup with. Um, a meeting that was being held in Sydney, and I'm in Melbourne today, a meeting being held in Sydney to discuss with the department, the Attorney General's department, with a facilitator, what the banks are doing, what they think could be done to try and contribute to this discussion on the national plan. Because I think we all want to do the right thing and we're skating as we've talked about. There's always, there's, well, there's conflicts between privacy, our staff's ability to judge, is this the right thing to do? What are we allowed to do? Can we intervene? Can we slow people down? And you know, some can people we point think, why at, are you interfering in my correct. business? Correct. Can we point them at, who do we point them to get help from? And so there's lots to be done on that. So that's the second. What's the third? The third thing is that I'm concerned about um, homelessness, but in particular, like, because I've only got very limited resources, I'm concentrating on those women who are working and renting, and the moment they can't pay their rent, they're at risk of homelessness, and I think there are some creative things that can be done to help them. Right, so we've been doing a, quite a bit of work around homelessness at ANZ, and I've had some other people that I've been talking to, and I guess, you know, it's the stereotype we kind of think of, it's generally older men that we think of on the streets. It's a bit of a stereotype, isn't it? I mean, that does exist. It does. But what, what, when you talk about women, what, what's kind of, what is that profile? What kind of women are ending up in that situation? Well, there's a range of people. There are women who've escaped violence and domestic violence, who have no resources at all, who've um, tried to struggle to keep their children and their families together, right through to people who've got some assets from inheritance or from the divorce and the asset, part of an asset in a house and the ability to work. There's that whole range, but the group I'm particularly focusing on are those ones between 55 and 70 who've got either the asset of the ability to work and or some asset in finance, but they can't quite buy a house. And I'm right. looking at how can we actually get them to have some equity in a place so that by the time they reach pension age, they can actually afford the rent that, of that bit that they don't own. Yeah, and we've talked about, I think what's really interesting today is there's lots of new thinking about social investing. There are people, yourself included, yeah. who said, hey, if I can invest some money and get a you know, reasonable return, but know that some of that goes to help in particular social areas, I think there is a big demand for that. More and more people want to know that their money's doing good, as, right. well as, as well as being secure for their own Well, it's an retirement. alternative to making a donation, for example. Correct. So I think there's new technology like that. And then there's also just for, and we've been working, and you mentioned Lendlease, before we've got a great relationship with Lendlease and, and with Mervac, but these are kind of forward-thinking property companies who want to do the right thing. Yes. And these partnerships between banks, perhaps, and the property developers, and to say, is there a model where we can get and make housing more affordable for particularly vulnerable people? Well, there are people? various models. For example, yes. I was talking today at lunchtime about the retirement village sector. They've got some one beds and bed sits that nobody wants to downsize to now and they're empty and I've been talking about ways in which they could actually use those to house some of these women who well, It's all about the sharing economy today, isn't it? Well, it's, it's all, all about, about un unlocking these unused assets. So <laughs> it's, it's all about there. being flexible and about thinking outside the square yeah, well, and there's no one solution. Well, I think that's great. So look, thank you very much for your comments well, thank you for and, lunch. And, and best of luck thank uh, you very much, on, on fighting those three very important causes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.